Welcome, pudding people, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I'm your host, Ken Seymour, here with your other host, Richard Geiger. The hostesses with the cakes. That's right. So, if you are paying attention to our upcoming episode list, you already know what we're going to talk about. And if you aren't, or you're coming at this from another direction, well, maybe we should make them guess. Make it fun. Could we be talking about a movie? Could we be talking about politics? That never happens. Politics in movies. Politics in movies. No. We are talking instead about our very first trip to a convention as the Pudding Guys. Do, 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 do. That's right. Starting our worldwide tour, if by worldwide you mean a several state radius from our location over the course of the next year. Worldwide. Yeah, Wide. exactly. We visited NWI Comic-Con this past uh, Saturday in the month of February in, in 2019, just for those of you that you know are coming at this from a different direction. So, uh, an interesting experience, right, Richard? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. What was the highlight of our trip? Well, probably not the car ride. So, it's about three hours from our location to get up to NWI Comic Con, but it gave us plenty of time to bond in the car, right? That's half the fun of the trip. We listened to music. Absolutely. And created um, another social media account. Because you can never have too many. Apparently, that's what the young pups do nowadays. Yeah, I... I feel so disconnected, Richard. I, I must get in touch with my inner mil- millennial. Yeah, because we're not millennials. No, no. And we're not Gen Xers. No. We're like this weird oddball age group in between. Doesn't quite, uh, doesn't, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm a little older than a Gen Xer, even. Um but, so, you know, trip up to Sherrillville, Indiana, which if you're not familiar with where that is, uh, it's kind of somewhere nearish to Chicago. Not quite, but... It's right by Maryville. It's right by Maryville. You can't miss it. So... It's on 30. Yeah. Uh, NWI Comic Con, their sixth annual uh, event. Richard's never been to a convention before. A Comic Con or... Similar sorts. So you've been to other conventions? It's probably been years and years and years and years and years I've been to something. When like, I was a younger pup. Like a business convention, a music convention? Something like something that. Something like that. All right. So you had no idea what to expect. I wanted to start easy because we will be going to significantly larger conventions over the course of the next year. And and just kind of dip your toe in, wade just a little bit, easy peasy. And that's that. Now, personally, I've not actually been to NWI Comic Con either before this point, but I was familiar enough that I kind of figured I knew what to expect. So going into this blind, with nothing else other than stories I've told you about other conventions that had nothing to do with this, what were you expecting? Um, people. That's not a good description. So not knowing the popularity or really much about the convention center, knowing that it's in Cherville, which down the road a couple miles in Merrillville, there's a much bigger place to do types the types of things. I had a I have an expectation going in here that there would be it that it wouldn't be 
big per se relative to other conventions of the similar type. So I had that expectation going forward. Um, I kind of thought that there'd be a, a collection of artists and I, I guess I underestimated the vendors that would be there in this type of convention. Uh, but I didn't underestimate that people would come, you know, dressed or put together as one of their favorite characters or a, conglom- a conglomeration with their friends of sets of characters or things like that. that I had the expectation for as well. Uh, but just the actual kind of setup and the layout and the, the vendors, uh, I think, was one of the things that I didn't quite anticipate. Yes, yeah, so if you've never been to a convention before, which of our listeners, I think there is a not a huge chunk, but I, if I had to guess, maybe 50% have not been to a uh, convention before, possibly more. Possibly more, yeah. Um, depending upon the type of convention that you go to, you can kind of expect certain things. One of the conventions that I go to every year and have ever since it uh, relocated to Indianapolis is Gen Con. Uh, one of, if not the largest game convention uh, worldwide. Uh, if you go there, you can fully expect to just be pressed shoulder to shoulder to thousands of people. Um, with smaller conventions like this, I knew there was going to be um, less of an issue with just the sheer number of people, especially since the, the venue that's going to be out is going to be significantly smaller. But um, it kind of gives you a chance to not have to feel pressured in any way, not just from the, the number of people, but in a lot of uh, events that occur over multiple days, you're not going to be able to do everything. It's just not going to happen. Um, and you sometimes can overschedule yourself for seminars and workshops and and events and things that happen and then it becomes less of a a fun encounter and more of just shuffling from place to place i'm going to be late it's almost like you're you're working in some respects but with Hmm. something like this you can go for an afternoon it only happens for one day now i don't know if the nwi will continue just be a one day con cons grow cons change but as of this recording one day con right yeah so you go for an afternoon you experience a few things. You buy some knickknacks, pick up some old issues of comics, uh, maybe participate in a in a costuming event, something like that, and, and you're good to go. Um, so, what was the name? What was the name of that center that they were in this year? Uh, Happy Hollow. <laughs> um, big tree. No, no, no. I seem to remember it had something to do with... Uh, uh, Hall and Oates? Some, something to do with uh, uh, some sort of church. Halls of St. George. That's right. So, the Halls of St. George. The How big do you think that the, the place was? Well, on their website, they describe it as a place where they do a lot of weddings. And there's three separate rooms that they can do, potentially. Uh, where we were at was definitely a few, you know, thousands of square feet, not tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or anything like no, that. No. Just thousands of square feet, I would say. Um, big enough, right? Yeah. You know, they have a stage area that's a stage area that's pretty sizable. Um, you know, especially if you're going to 
have a wedding and do dancing, for example, just just to kind of visualize for people. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, they had a bar. They had a bar area that had pretty good size to set up for things, for food and drinks and stuff like that. So maybe, gosh, ten thousand square feet. Yeah. yeah. Maybe bigger than maybe a little bigger than that. Like yeah. not huge, but it's not immense. But you know, the setup. They seem to be. And sort of an organized chaos, which if you've ever if you've ever been to uh, uh, any sort of convention, you're going to get some of that, at least a little disorganization, no matter what. Um, but they seem to be holding their own pretty well. They had mm-hmm. organized parking. They had people, you know, watching the lines, trying to help people. They had very very loud walkie talkies <laughs> to communicate with each other, which can be key. When you start getting some of the higher decibel levels with everybody wanting to talk all at the same time. But uh, so they seemed pretty organized to get everybody together. They had, you know, pre-registration options, early bird, you know, all that, all that sort of stuff that you could do. <clears throat> Very well put together, I thought. Yeah, that's some practice for sure. Yeah. Um, now, if you can imagine, dear listener, as you're heading into the convention, they they have it kind of branch out in two directions. You can go to the right or to the left, and alongside either walls, you can have some, as you were talking about, some vendors. Um, you go into the main hall, you've got the area with the bar, but uh, other than the bar area, you just had a bunch of vendors kind of side by side, and then off to the right, you had the artists and the authors and everything that was kind of going on. Yeah, so the majority of the floor was uh, vendors. Now, now, the artists themselves are vendors, but I'm talking to like traditional selling stuff, not selling their projects type vendors. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, I, I, and it sounds silly, but the one thing that I, <laughs> the one vendor that I noticed was the, the person that was selling the boxes and the organizers for people's comics and their comics collections. I was like, hey, that's a really good idea. Like, that's the only one I really commented on. It sounds dumb, but I was like, well, wait a second here. Everybody's here to buy all the stuff. They've got to put it somewhere. This guy's got all the things to put all the stuff in right here. So, um, had a little bit of everything. There were some neat plays, I thought, on when we were looking at all the different vendors. Some neat plays on popular comic book characters in conjunction with something else. Oh, yeah. So, there were some unique vendors doing some pretty cool things there, I thought, for, yeah. for as few vendors as there actually were, right? Yeah, because this isn't a large event, I mean, you've got maybe, if you add in all the artists and the authors together, you got maybe 50, approximately, different uh, sets of people doing stuff in a different way. I mean, it's what it's looking like about uh, 15 times more, so maybe more like 60 but, uh, you know, they had some stuff that you would expect. You know, it's a comic book convention. So there are several people selling back issues of comic books, maybe some stuff that's a little harder to find. Uh, you Like you're talking about the, uh, the, the people selling the, the casings for the, the, the comic books. You've got, you're always going to have knick-knack vendors. I mean, just just people, figurines and stuff you can sit on a desk. Magnets and buttons. and Toys and that sort of thing. Um, But they had some stuff for the kids, too. They had that balloon. uh, Balloon artist. Which, as goofy as it sounds, with all the other conventions I've gone to, nobody else has had a balloon vendor. Which, now that I think about it, is really weird. You got kids going to all these conventions. Kids love balloons. It's cheap. 
I'm, I'm surprised. I, maybe I've missed it at all the other conventions I've gone to. Uh, psst, I didn't miss it. It's never been at any of the other conventions, and I've been to a lot. Um, yeah, it wasn't uh, obviously. So the, that kind of brings up the thing like a lot of these items that were for sale throughout were more, they weren't all like, let's say, adult themed. If I can word that correctly, meaning the people whose eyes on them weren't strictly for adults, right? No. There was lots of stuff that was there for high school kids and for young kids alike. So I did see quite a few young kids coming in, you know, with family, like as a family, or you know, maybe just coming in with one of the parents. So there's plenty of younger kids there. So that's perfect, you know, a perfect. Besides all the other fun stuff to look at and see, and give them the opportunity to dress up in their outfits or costumes but to actually have one little thing specifically for that age group was i think a nice touch yeah there are a handful of things that seem slightly out of place um and those are almost always my favorite things the the thing the booze that you're not expecting i expect the knickknacks i expect the costuming which was actually a little lighter than i thought it'd be i thought there'd be at least a couple if not three booths for costume and apparel, because that's always huge at a lot of the at a lot of the conventions. But since it's smaller, I can probably expect that maybe it's a it's a cost versus reward thing that just doesn't make as many it doesn't make as much sense because the foot traffic is just not going to support some of these things are really expensive. Uh, you can you can at some of the bigger conventions you can buy entire outfits made of a variety of materials for thousands of dollars. Right. It it can get pretty pricey. But uh, while they didn't have that, they did have uh, a single game vendor, which was there that I uh, I think it was just one game vendor. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> putting their uh, role playing game uh, out for everybody to see, which was. As a game player, I always love seeing something like that, even if I don't know how much traction they were going to get in that type of an environment. But it seemed like a fun idea and really engaged people, trying to get uh, people interested and, and show it. That was really nice. Um, there was also, um, what was the, oh yeah, there was another podcast that had a booth mm-hmm. there, which I think that's going to become more and more common as uh, as more conventions come along, of course. We think podcasts are wonderful and very much appreciate you listening. <laughs> but uh, so I, it, it's almost the new, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be outdated saying this, I'm sure, but it's almost the new media. It's, it's, it's the real way to connect with people. I mean, there's so much diversity and so many differing levels of skill and areas of interest and personality that whereas, you know, what, 15 years ago? If you wanted to watch something or listen to something that's close to what a podcast is, you were either li- tuning into uh, the the radio and hoping beyond hope to, to run into somebody, which it almost never did. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Bob and Tom, but that's one tiny facet and so many other things. Or you were on, what, X, X, uh, XM Radio or Sirius. Yeah. And even then, it was still kind of limited. I know that when I lived in the Chicago area, and there's a much larger market for radio stations in that area, right? So there's plenty of music to be played. Well, my, you know, I didn't have, it wasn't a time where you just had phones that you could put things on or do Bluetooth to your 
vehicle and do whatever you like just listen to any type of music that you wanted to if you had an ipod you were cool but you had to find some way to get it hooked up to your stereo but what i always listened to was sports talk radio so kind of the same idea we're just people in front of a microphone chatting up about nonsense right um and that was i think it was all am am sports talk radio so that's kind of similar in vain to that now that was kind of on the on the time frame where you could actually go to uh, their website and stream it from their website as well but it wasn't like they had a recorded thing that you could just do as a podcast it was a streamed thing just at the beginning of the streaming movement let's call it yeah so uh, yeah that uh, i think the the trend when everybody in the 40s and 50s listened to radio and then it went away because of tv i think is coming back and i like that because there's there's a certain amount of um i don't know if the word familiarity is right but it it strikes a different emotional chord uh, listening to to people talk like this or or watching something, so I'm I'm hoping to see it at more conventions. I only saw the one booth with the podcasters. There could have been other podcasters present, and you know more traditional media. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. I saw some uh, news stories, and uh, I believe the Chicago Tribune had something. Well, it's uh, much more accessible too. So yeah. if even if you are walking down the street, just like listening to music, you can listen to a podcast. You don't have to look at it. TV screen or a phone screen to be able to listen to a podcast. Yeah. Although we'll have that soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the majority of, well, it is there's basically three halves to the main room, right? You had the area where the bar was, where there wasn't much other than the bar and some seating where you could, you know, sit down and eat and do whatever you wanted. And then probably it, the middle. a couple of food vendors tucked away on the wall, yeah. too. but. Uh, the middle half was kind of the, the item vendors, the, where you're going to be able to pick up your your goodies. And then almost the entire right third uh, was all of the artists and authors. Now, this is one other key difference um, between this kind of a convention that you're going to get and other larger conventions a lot of times. Um, depending upon what the focus of the convention is, a lot of times artists and authors almost take a back seat to whatever it is that uh, that happens at the other conventions, if you're talking about an Origins or you're talking about a Gen Con, and it's it's not really a backseat, but because those conventions are so focused on something so heavily, uh, they, they definitely want the artists and authors there, and they have their own section, and it's a large section. But when you compare it to the rest of it, it's a fraction, a tiny, tiny fraction. And I mean, just personally, when I go to Gen Con. I do not go to the artist and author alley first. In fact, that is the very last thing that I do, just because that hall is so big. I'm not going to make it all the way through if I stop at the author and artists anytime in the first day and probably the second. I usually don't hit the, the that particular section until the third day. Um, now, with one day and with the focus on on this particular convention being artists and authors, it kind of flips the uh flips things around a little bit and you're able to kind of get a little more in understanding impression um i don't want to say facetime but just a chance to see some of the people that have contributed things either already that you really appreciate or that are in the process of making something new that you might uh, not have seen or heard of before 
I mean, we got a chance to talk to several people, and some of them had some really interesting stuff. I mean, uh, a bunch of, well, pretty much all of the comic artists I was already familiar with. Um, but some of the newer artists, I, I didn't know. I didn't know the, the projects they are working on. They're, they're, I was completely unfamiliar with their work. Yeah, there's so much. I feel like there's so much of that out there that you've got to get your face and your product somewhere, somehow, some way. And a lot of these artists, in just talking to them, were from the maybe not from Indiana, but they were from Chicago, Wisconsin, and that area. Yeah. So local, and it makes the trip easier for them as opposed to, you know, we were discussing some of them would go to the Carolinas or they'd go to New York or St. Louis or whatever. It's just a much more accessible place for them to put their face in, you know, and, and not have to be there for three days, right, but just for a day to kind of get their product out there and to new faces. What did you think about the setup, how they had all the, the artists and everything going? Did that, that work pretty well for you as a newbie? Did well, that was fine. I, I like, I mean, segregated is probably the wrong word, but like how the setup was almost itemized. So if you knew you were going to shop for things, it was here. Like a lot of the traditional vendors were kind of in an area. A lot of the non-traditional vendors were in a separate area. And then you kind of just had all the artists lined up and it kind of piggybacked between the artists. Like there was people who were artists and I guess you could say a traditional sense. And then back to back were artists kind of melding their vision with some of the stuff that was currently existing. You know what I'm saying? Like it kind of transitioned from um, creating art, creating art from something that was already created to vendors. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just kind of a a transition. And uh, one of the other things that if you've never been to a a convention like this, I mean, sure, you're going to want to take advantage of some of the, the food that's either local, although admittedly, we took a small trip to uh, Portillo's uh, instead of eating on site, mainly because uh, they're awesome, and uh, uh, I had never been, so mm-hmm. my first chance to enjoy the chocolate cake shake that I could not finish. <laughs> but I usually, you know, I got my usual yeah. little, uh, little garbage salad with a side of uh, hot dog, jumbo hot dog, no mustard. Because uh, mustard's disgusting. Mustard um, is fantastic if you get the right kind. Some mustard doesn't matter. It's disgusting. But, you know, get a nice honey Dijon mustard or uh, or Worcestershire mustard or... I mean, I could see like a, like a spicy mustard mm. or, you know, like with the actual... Um, like you can get like a chunky mustard that has like the seeds still in it. I could see that. I would never eat it, but I could see that. <laughs> I could see that being a good methodology. I for like mustard. the honey mustard so well. I'll dip my fries in honey mustard over ketchup. I, I love the honey mustard. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, but so yeah, so we didn't take advantage of the on-site food. But um, you should always. Um, this is a very unique time. I mean, yeah, everybody thinks about the knickknacks, but the great thing about having the artists and authors nearby, if, the, if it's an author and you enjoy the work, you got a chance to get a signature on one of your copies of the book or just buy one of the books from them there and get the, and get the signature. Uh, authors, or authors, artists, very similar. Uh, they often bring uh, folders, entire just groups of 
pre-done artwork that they've uh, that they've uh, taken with them from convention to convention. You can buy a print of. Sometimes you can buy the original. Uh, a lot of times they have framed copies, or uh, in some instances you can even commission uh, specific works of art, which is really really fun. Um, so I mean, it, it's it's a really neat way to get something unique that nobody else has or very, very few people has. And it helps kind of support the artist also because some of these gigs that, that, that the artists have are not, you know, constant. I mean, they've got projects that they're working on. If you're working with Marvel for a while on a title, you might take a run of 12, uh, maybe 14 issues. You're doing pretty good with something like that. But then your run is over and... They get some other hot artist in there, and you've got to, to find something else. Yeah, so if you can go and, and uh, sell a couple of your pieces at these conventions, you know, some of them they had priced at 100 bucks, some of them were less, some of them were way more than that. So you sell yourself a couple $100 pieces of, of art, you know, you made yourself a $500 day, which... I guess if you do enough of those over the course of the year, besides the commissioned work that you have, I mean, that adds up. That, that That's pretty good. Um, the one artist, there, there's plenty of artists doing their own thing and drawing and blah, blah, blah. But there was there was the one, one of the gentlemen that we uh, spoke to first. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we won't tease any artist's names, I don't think. We'll, we'll kind of hopefully discuss those because we'll have yeah. some interviews. But there was one gentleman that was doing watercolors. Oh, yeah. And I, I just don't feel like you see that at all. No. And that that one was super unique. Like, you don't find people doing watercolors really that as common. But to do it in this medium, I think, is maybe it's just me and I don't know things. No, no. It's not just you. It's, it's pretty rare. It's pretty rare. So, like... That was pretty cool. That that I could identify, not even being a convention person or person who pays attention to who the artists are. I was like, this this is unique right here. It was it was really pretty cool. I mean, when you get the artists that stray from the norm on that, I mean, one of my favorite artists in any comic book is Alex Ross, and it's it's paint, it's not ink, and the finished works of art are so fantastic. It not and it's it's not a knock to the regular comic book artists at all, but because it's so rare to see that full thing, it just lends it a little more luster, a little more coolness. Um, but uh, I there, there's so many different styles and so many different um, feels that you can get, not just from a single artist, but from the linking of an artist with an anchor uh, and with the the person that puts the color in. I mean, you you get you get one artist with a different inker and a different colorist. You get a completely different feel for the same panel, which is kind of an awesome thing. It's just like the mix and match buffet at uh, yeah. <laughs> going out to eat. You know, because one one gentleman he had the he was talking about some of his work that he had done. He's like, well, I did all the he, he didn't do any of the color. Yeah. Uh, so he did all the all the work to sketch, draw, compose, all the things, but he didn't do any of the color work for on any of that work. So I got to imagine that in itself is slightly difficult because as you're drawing, you imagine, you're imagining the whole picture, I would think. And then to come in and have someone else finish your work, it's a unique position to be in. 
Yeah, definitely so. And so, I mean, I enjoyed it. This is this was a, a great way to just you want to kill an afternoon and do something a little bit different. Uh, maybe something that uh, uh, that will net you a memento that you'll be able to keep forever and possibly uh, make that. You're, it's always good, especially if you have uh, kids or loved ones or you want to find something to bond over. And this is a really great way to have something unique. To well, I, I think that's one of the avenues that's really underrated that I noticed. So I can kind of say we went to um, a thing because my little dudes into dinosaurs. Yeah. I had a big uh, dinosaur world type thing in Evansville this past summer. And, you know, you go to different spots of this convention center and they have diff- they had some rides and things like that in there as well. But there was just a lot of dinosaur themed things. And there's a shop to buy stuff like this is the same idea, same concept that you can go as a family. You can go as a, a parent child combo. And if one of the kids is really into something that is comic related they can even dress up and be around other people that are dressed up and it's not even halloween you know and then they get to see other fun stuff that they can purchase and it's not like you're going to be there for 20 hours but you can go and spend a couple hours um an afternoon hanging out so that's one thing i really noticed is that there was a lot of there was a lot of groups of friends that were you know like high school age friends but there was a lot of families that were there as well or just you know like a parent and a kid combo that were there and for the cost too this this is another difference between nwi and a lot of other conventions i love to go to conventions but sometimes they've got a little bit of a price tag associated i mean the entry to the convention itself can often be pretty pricey uh, sometimes uh sometimes in the hundred to hundreds of dollars uh, or if you're going to go with that VIP package, even more. And then you got the multiple days to go with it. Well, you're going to have to get a room unless you're local. So now you've got uh, the cost of the hotel or whatever that you're going to stay in and the travel and the food. And it starts to mount up pretty quick unless you're going to be putting an entire uh, vacation around this entire thing. It doesn't it doesn't work real well. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, some people can still say, I'm just going to go to Comic-Con for one day. Right. Sure you are. That's Unless you live nearby, that's not happening. Um, with this, it's only one day to begin with. And the cost of entry is fairly low. I mean, 10 to $15, depending upon what you're doing. That's a steal for, you know, potentially mm-hmm. up to seven hours if you want to stay for the whole thing. Uh, of just wandering around and browsing and seeing people in some fantastic, uh, sometimes homemade costumes. Uh, they had a whole costume uh, contest that was associated with it. Different age groups. Yeah, uh, panels. Uh, what was your favorite uh, costume? Not that we saw a, a whole lot or focused on a whole lot. What was your favorite that you kept, you had your eye on? Well, uh, of in terms of just total quality the, the the one that i saw the best there was a master chief i believe that was pretty good but then again i think that i, I think it might have been a pre-made costume i've seen seen very similar master chief stuff before if it's not pre-made um then kudos it's <laughs> it was shiny and good yeah but uh yeah it, that was that was pretty much it, it 
we didn't see because of where we were focusing, or at least where I was focusing. I didn't see a ton of costumes. No, I, I wasn't really looking, but I, I did see the little kid going around in the marshmallow costume. That was kind of fun. Uh, I don't I don't care about marshmallows music. It's not my favorite. It's not my style. Uh, but the kid in the costume had it down pretty good. I, and I'm, I must give you kudos for not saying that Marshmallow's music is awful because it would be very easy for someone in our position to say such a thing. Just not my favorite. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, you know, all in all, I thought that was a, a nice afternoon, well spent, and uh, I, I definitely suggest if you're going to be around that area next year when they do it again, Go back, give it a try. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. They give a, a very easy pre-registration, get stuff out of the way. Uh, you can even do an early bird. They give you a, an hour early entry option, um, which a lot of conventions do. Uh, some of them charging a exorbitant uh, amount of money to be able to, to do so. Just uh, to go there a few hours earlier when there's not as many people there. Yeah, so it's... it's uh, it's sometimes worth it. If you're going to like Gen Con, when you've got tens of thousands of people, being able to go in an hour early before the massive throng of people get into the main floor, it eh, might be worth it. Uh, especially since uh, in a lot of conventions that they give they give out items, a lot of the, the, the vendors will have freebies and they only bring so many. Mm. So it's important to get there early. So you're paying for the freebies? Kind of. Kind of. But they're one-offs. You know, and that's kind of something I, I, we had intended and still probably will get the opportunity to do so to, to speak with the the individual that runs NWI Comic Con. But schedules, unfortunately, did not gel in such a way that we could, uh, you know, just carve out some time to do so. And it's not surprising. There's a lot going into the convention and breaking it down and getting everything taken care of. He's He's got his hands full. Yeah, not just the leading up to it, but it's all the post work as well so but i definitely would love to ask him several questions about cost and and the the, the minutiae that goes into it the, the sponsorships the sponsorships yeah that's kind of interesting if you if you didn't see this uh end this nwi comic con which is a very small con managed to have sponsorships for us from some very big companies uh yeah surprising yeah and it wasn't and it's they sure they had local sponsors. Well, yeah, you can what Smile Time Dentistry, Jeth- Jethro Smith Dentist, Jethro Tull Dentistry, yeah, something like that. You know, you expect that. Even Dark Horse, it's a comic book convention. I can see that as a as a sponsor. It's just kind of surprising to see DreamWorks and Netflix. Yeah, that was they had some good ones there. Eyebrow raising, just a little bit. Uh, but what we will give you, even though we don't have the, the, the talk that we are going to do with this nice gentleman, we did manage to just get a little bit of audio with uh, an a artist. A little 10 minutes. Yeah. Ten, right about there, about 10 minutes? Just, just about 10 minutes. And uh, we got a little bit of audio with an artist that some of you may know. If you're comic book fans, you probably know who it is. If you aren't, then I'm going to say the name and you go, okay, whatever. Uh, but uh, the gentleman's name is Tim Seeley. And he is the creator of Hackslash, which if you've gone into a comic book shop any time in the last few years, I would be really surprised if you haven't seen this comic on the shelves. It's really very popular. He's got a very signature style, very clean style 
Uh, and that's the big thing for me. I love I love the clean styles. I don't like a lot of cross hatching. I don't like a lot of extra lines. It just kind of muddles the composition for me. But um, the uh, the whole story concept is kind of cheesy and fun, and uh, and the art style is great, and it's just really well put together. Uh, if you haven't taken a chance to listen or to listen to to read hack slash and give them a shot it's it's i think you'll enjoy it if you're if you're a fan of comic books so yeah we'll we'll cut a little snippet in of uh that conversation how about right now right now so we are here at nwi comic-con with uh one of the premier artists uh, that has a very popular comic out right now uh, tim seeley if you've never heard of uh, Hackslash or uh, uh, have been out of the loop for a while, as I might have been up until recently, <laughs> he, is, uh, he is very popular, and we have had a chance to talk with him for just a few minutes, maybe get an idea of his history and what he has been up to and what he is uh, going to be up to, and we're kind of going from there. Sure. Mr. Saley? Yeah, hey, good to have you uh, at my table at the, uh, at the convention. We can talk some stuff. Well, that's excellent. Uh, I, uh, I gotta say, I'm overly hyped and overly excited to be in this environment. I've never been to the NWI Comic Con. Is this your first con here? No, this is like my sixth or something, fifth or sixth, I think. Wow. As long as it's been around, I think I might have missed the first year. So, yeah, either five or six. So, what brought you to the uh, NWI Comic Con to begin with? What uh, began this relationship? Is it kind of one of the uh, more popular uh, conventions to, uh, to be at? I mean, it's it's a pretty small show, but I think uh, when I first went here, the, and everybody that I, that I usually go to the shows with, we were all kind of surprised at how enthusiastically people show up to the middle of nowhere. I mean, this, this is just like, a, you know, it's a really small convention center off of a highway, you know, a, like 40 miles from Chicago, and people really show up. It's kind of amazing. There's something, something they pulled off here that, you know, much bigger shows in, like, Portland and uh, even Los Angeles and stuff that I've been to don't have just that sort of people really want to be here. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but they're hungry for comics in this little town. I mean, it seems like yeah, there's a a, a bigger convention center just a couple miles up the road, but it still seems like there's quite a few people walking in the doors here. Yeah, it's great. I don't know what it is, but um, you know, maybe it, it's the kind of sometimes if you go to a place that like that doesn't get a lot of. Uh, you know, it doesn't have a lot of other stuff going on. People are more willing to check out a comic convention, and then I think, you know, normal people come to this convention, which is, which is amazing. Like, people come off the street with their kids. It's a Saturday afternoon. They just come hang out, and they're super nice, and they're really interested. So, yeah, I always appreciate the show. So, you know, obviously this is kind of, a, for anyone that's never been to a convention, it's it's kind of a, a fun environment where you get to see some of the people that you've enjoyed uh, the work that they've put out up until this point. But it always kind of, in my mind, begs a, a question each time I see somebody, uh, where did they get their interest in art to begin with? How did you start in, in drawing and, and creating comic books? Uh, well, when I was a kid, my uh, my uncle, my grandpa, my dad, and my grandma were all like sort of like doodlers they weren't you know trained artists but everybody was always just like my grandma would just sit around and draw little faces and stuff so my dad would sometimes draw stuff so we my brothers and I kind of had an early interest in people drawing it kind of seemed like magic to us I guess um, and then at some point you know I mean I lived in the country there was not a lot to do 
And so for, to keep us busy, my mom would stop at the, the small grocery store near our house, and she would give us each five bucks, and we would buy comics, because that was like the most entertainment you could get for five dollars. <laughs> um, so that kind of, I mean, I was, I was five or six years old when I first got a comics. I learned to read off Spider-Man books. Um, so for me, it's kind of just always been there, you know? Hmm. What? So, and you say that you learn to read off the uh, Spider-Man's. What, what was that? Was that slash is that your favorite? Or as you collected more and read more, did you pick up more favorites besides yeah, that? Means, you know, I, I've been reading comics my almost my entire life. Um, so my tastes changed with my age, you know. So, you know, when I was in the '90s, I was super. When I was like 13, 14, I was super into the Image Comics boom. Um, and then when I was in my later teens, I was super into like you know indie stuff. Like, just my taste changed as I got older. Like, I, you know, I would, but I would always stay interested in comics, whether it was like, you know, John Byrne X Men issues or Rob Liefeld Young Blood issues or Daniel Klaus doing eight ball. Like, I just changed over time. Um, but I always liked comics, and you know, I think the the medium always said something to me. So like Spider Man, I just. I don't, you know, now I don't need to read it because I've seen, I've read it all. You know, I'm good. So. <laughs> There's only so much you can do with a, a teenage guy that's got bitten by a spider. Although they figure out a lot of stuff. Like, they figure out that, that new animated movie was fantastic. So, they yeah. always got new ideas. That was really awesome. So, your style obviously is, uh, is, is part of uh, kind of your signature. Everybody recognizes the style of an artist when they see it. What would you say you would describe your style as? Does it have something, or is it just something that you've kind of amalgamated over the years? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to... To me, my style is just all my mistakes, you know? (laughs) Um, But I think... I mean, I still come from a sort of background of, you know, trying to just be a good storyteller before being flashy, or, or, you know, so... To me, it's more important to, to do the story right. Like, I think I come more from a... Like a... Dave Gibbons or, or you know, um, John Buscema school where like the, the panel work is more important than the rendering and, the, and that sort of thing. I, still, I think I still kind of come from that. Um, there are times I wish I was one of the flashy, liney kind of ca- artists because I think that's what fans respond to the most. But, um, but yeah, I think that, you know, I kind of come from like the John Byrne sort of 80s Marvel sort of area with a little bit of like 90s stuff on top maybe so as we're talking here we're uh, watching you sketch a little bit of uh, uh, hack and slash or hack hack slash slash hack slash slash. there we go see and this is why I come here to to be corrected when I have obviously been reading it wrong the entire time Um, okay (laughs) a lot of people get that one wrong (laughs) so do you do you prefer kind of uh, keeping a, a, a real uh, bit of art, or I see you've also got the Apple Pencil here? Do you prefer uh, digitally creating things? Um, I mean, I prefer doing like my layouts and stuff digitally, um, but I still like to ink with a brush and stuff. Um, but I think in general, is you know, if it's, I can still sell the originals, so I kind of like prefer to have a finished piece, but. I'm getting less and less preferential towards it as, as I go on. Um, I'm not sure I care anymore about, you know, keeping it old school. Like, as long as I can get it done, I don't think I care. 
Have you kind of gotten into any of the newer mediums? We were talking to a, a gentleman earlier about uh, Twitch, for example, how you can get on there and kind of do your drawings and show the world a little bit more as you're drawing or, and creating those types of things. Have you kind of gotten into more of those yeah, things at all? Time. Like, I, I spend too much time self-promoting on Twitter and then I don't do anything else, which is a bummer. But, yeah, I, don't, I probably wouldn't. And plus for me, my process... I just assume it's the least interesting of anybody else. So I'm just like, why would you want to see that? <laughs> but, um, but I like I like being at conventions. I like you know that part of kind of drawing in front of people. But other than that, I don't think it's just not me. Well, let's let's kind of end this on uh, one more just fun snippet because you know as as you correct me, hack slash uh, is is the pronunciation. For those that are not familiar with this particular book, give me a little history of how you came up with it, how you, uh, what what inspired you to kind of create this, and what's what's your kind of goal with it. Well, I mean, the original goal was I wanted to make a comic book that celebrated like B movies and schlock kind of. Because I grew up, uh, my dad was a huge movie fan, but like to my dad, a great movie wasn't Citizen Kane. It was like whatever had titties and machetes and kind of thing. So. Uh, it was kind of like an homage to growing up in a household where we watched just tons of trashy movies all the time. Um, but it was also uh, kind of inspired by, uh, I was really sick one day, uh, right around Halloween, and I spent like two days in bed, and I watched nothing but, um, like AMC used to run slasher marathons, and so basically sort of hopped up on cold medicine, I was like watching all those movies, and I was like, what if they all took place in the same place? And that was kind of the genesis of, you know, of Hack Slash. Like, who... What kind of person would live in that world? And that's where Cassie comes from. Yeah, I, it, I, I had an opportunity to, to read several issues. I've, I've been very impressed and because uh, I, I grew up in a similar kind of situation. And uh, I, I really appreciate your work, and I appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to us here. I want to try and get out of the way of a few other people that are probably trying to do yeah. the same thing. But, uh, again, this is uh, Tim Seeley, and hopefully we'll be seeing more of your stuff. And uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. That's right. So cool to have a chance to, to talk with Tim for a few minutes. I, uh, well, I apologize if there is a little background noise. You're going to get that with the convention. And I also apologize if uh, there was some cutting in and out because uh, there were some equipment issues as we got things going. And uh, occasionally you're going to have that. So it gets a practice, right? This is the first. This is the first run. Yeah, yeah. There, there, are, there are some things to get behind. So you, I expect you probably heard him just fine. Some of my questions and some of uh, Richard's may have cut in and out just a smidgen, but I, I think you'll. You'll agree that uh, it was hopefully passable. <laughs> yeah, and we can we can say that uh, um, it was nice because a lot of times you don't have time, or they don't have time, or they don't want. Not that they don't want to have time, but there's just usually so many people around that it's hard to get a little one-on-one -on -one time with any of those folks there because oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, not only are they there to kind of show their wares but they're there to make a little money too so yeah. uh, we definitely appreciate that time he took with us yeah and we also had to try and time it it's almost like a platforming video game because if you go to any convention one of the things that annoys me the most of any convention but is so important at every convention is you will get a guy on the loudspeaker that will tell you about what is happening at any given time. 
Uh, usually, it's about on the bigger conventions. It's usually once every half an hour to an hour. With the smaller conventions, it's going to happen more frequently. And when you've got a smaller floor and fewer people, it's really loud and you can't hear anything. So as we were taking a chance to talk with him, we were just hoping beyond hope, please don't say anything. Please don't say anything. It was pretty loud. Yeah, it was It was kind of deafening. Uh, well, at least the guy that was doing the voice work, great voice. Yes, and he uh, enunciated so we could understand all the words that were being said. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's all we can really hope for and something like that. So what's your final thoughts on NWI Comic-Con? Uh, fun. You know, like if if we're making the big bucks and driving three hours there and three hours back every year is probably not that big a deal. It's uh, definitely good for uh, the local folks, I yeah. think. You know, I, I don't think that that's something to, if you have the time and you want to go for an afternoon and not even the whole afternoon, you can go at noon and leave at six and be well, get everything that you could ever need to get by going to that for that short amount of time. So yeah. it's not like you got to be there all, all day. Yeah, and I'm normally not a small convention kind of a person. Uh, it has to be very specialized and very unique to really make that impression in my head. And truthfully, NWI, not that yet. It's still getting its, its uh, I think it's still getting its identity and, and moving on. Or maybe more accurately, it has a very specific niche it's trying to aim at, and that doesn't hit me directly. But even with that, it's it was a well-run convention. It, they did a great job. Uh, they, like I said, because you had such access to all of the artists and the authors, it's it gives you a chance to really make a, a connection where you normally wouldn't be able to interact with the people that make these things that make our lives a little bit better for. For those that uh, that really enjoy comic books and things like that. Indeed. Indeed. Well, now that we have created this new account, this Instagram account, what are we known as on Instagram, Richard? Strangely enough, Pudding Guys. Huh. That, that happens to be also our Facebook, uh, which we have occasional posts for and they will be increasing as time goes on and of course we are at real pudding guys on twitter uh feel free to look new follower we have a new follower oh my we're just so popular i just don't understand (laughs) um obviously up to 14 followers right now look at that hey another 14 and we get uh what a free free pie Bozo, bozo buttons are yeah, my favorite. Something. All right. So uh, obviously we have a website as well, www.everybodylovespudding.com. We have forums that we would love to see commentary on. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you'd like to hear about. Uh, respond when we do top 10 lists. Give us your top 10s. When we do movie reviews, give us your take on the same movie. Uh, when we do reviews on uh, stuff like this, we'd love to get your take on any conventions that you've been to. Um uh, it's just a, a chance for us to, again, in a, in a similar way to the convention, make a connection to the people out there in the ether that we don't get to see directly. But until next time, uh, eat your pudding. That's so bossy. Please? <laughs> <laughs>